Episode 5, Sex, Quantity versus Quality. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy in your marriage. You're here today with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to be talking to you about sex, quantity versus quality. The big question, especially after our 60 days of sex. That's right. We've had, we've had a number of listeners write back and say, well, great, you had sex so many times, but you know, was there anything to it or was it just another thing on your to-do list? Um, but before we get to that, I do have to share with you, go back to uh, last week and just what happened in our own lives. We had date night scheduled for Friday night. And I think we've mentioned over the last couple of weeks that we've all been sort of dealing with the crazy stomach bug. I'm not sure that it was the flu. It didn't really manifest itself like the flu. But two Fridays ago, I had a very, very mild case. Then I got really sick. Tony was really sick. We shared that with you. And then a few days later, four or five. Our daughter, Abby, got really sick. Abby got sick. And then we thought we were in the clear. We'd made it to Wednesday last week. And Alex was still fine. Then I go and pick him up from school on Thursday and I hear those dreaded words. Mom, mom, I don't feel so good. My stomach hurts. And And we both were not (laughs) happy to say the the least on this one. We were not happy at all. I mean, date night, date night's big for us. We we really truly cherish that. And when I heard that Alex, uh, when I got home and Alex mentioned that his stomach was hurting, uh, I was visibly and internally upset because we had missed our date night in January due to both kids going to the doctor's office and getting seven shots between the two of them. So they weren't really up to going to the babysitter that night. So the anticipation for us to just get away, be together, not dealing with kids, having a meal in quiet, talking, enjoying each other was something I was really relishing in. And then to hear Alex say he's sick really just took me over the edge. I I was not a happy camper in this house at all. Tony was seriously cranky, like visibly. (laughs) I was cranky. Yes, I was. Because my goodness, I I wanted time for us. And gosh, it just drives me nuts sometimes (laughs) when things like this happen. So Thursday night came and sure enough, Alex got the bug and threw up, I don't know, three, four times. Um, He actually, probably of the three of them, Tony, Abby, and Alex had it the most mild case, I would say. Um, By Friday morning, we'd made the decision to keep him home. And, uh, but he was bouncing off the walls. I mean, the kid was. Well, and I think Elisa's failing to say that the sitter does this first Friday night. So we take the kids over to the, over there to her house and I told Elise, I said, hey, Elise, why don't you call our sitter and see if it's okay if Alex goes there? And she just didn't want to do it. Do you remember this? Oh, I, I'm not denying the, okay. it. Okay. I, I mean, guilty as charged. Because you're sitting in the closet and you're looking at me like I'm crazy to even think about calling her. And, and then you just sort of retort back as, well, you call her if you want to go so <laughs> bad. And I felt at this point, I'm going, well, geez, does she want to go out with me now tonight? Does she not? But... I, I wanted to go out. I was having the mommy guilt. Kid threw up and I was just feeling like, oh, you know, maybe we should take care of him. Right. 
Tony had no mommy guilt. I had no mommy guilt. Tony was so on I, the phone I with the sitter. The, I got on the phone. And guys, you may be able to relate with me. I just got on the phone and I just called our sitter and I said, look, at this is the situation. This is where Alex is. We got him home today. He stopped throwing up at 830 last night. By the time we take him, bring him over to your place tonight, it's going to be 530. So he should be fine. And for all of you out there who are going, gosh, you're those parents that drop off kids that are sick. You know what? Yeah, we are those parents because there are many other parents that do that too. <laughs> and I want to date he had night. Been, he had been almost 24 hours. He didn't have a fever. Um, here's, here's no a fever. Here's at least Nobody a knows. real good lowdown. Well, you know, it's the mom thing. It's the mom thing because you never want to be that mom that drops off your kid when they're sick. But. I know, but over over at the sitters, there's always kids there that are sick. Well, even it when happens. We bring our kids. It happens. But anyway, get to the good part. We got to date night. We got to date night. Yep. And so... Wow, it was a good date night. I had a long day at work, which for for me this time of year is... Uh, That's always a good thing. <laughs> it's always a good thing. So I had a good long day at work, got home, and uh, we got the kids ready. We got ready, and, and we were off, and we had a fun date night. We went to a, a fun little cafe that we go to called Cafe Luna out in uh, Carmel Ranch area. Yeah. We uh, we found them through this website called restaurants.com. And uh, if, for those of you that haven't checked out that website, check it out. It's a great way to go have a good meal and pay a fraction of the cost. So, yeah, because what did we get? We got like a $25 gift certificate for five bucks? Uh, two bucks. For two bucks. Yeah, so. $25 for $2. And then, you know, of course, there are stipulations. Read the website. But we love using that website because it gives us the opportunity to try new restaurants or go back to some of our favorites at a pretty steep discount. Right. So we did that, and then we walked around the mall. We walked around the mall. And those of you who follow me on Twitter, because I'm the one usually using Twitter, and that's at www.twitter.com backslash one on fire, you probably saw that I tweeted that Elise and I were just hanging out at Victoria's Secret together. And Archie, I do love uh, your... Uh, Tweet back, man. That was awesome. <laughs> and I guess for everybody else, you're just going to keep us hanging. I'm going to just keep you hanging. Okay. Yeah, we. I just. I just tweeted that we were we were hanging out at uh, at Victoria's Secrets, and hey, how awesome is that? There you go. I'm loving it. And so then after that, we actually had a coupon <laughs> <And> for <laughs> coupon for a free dessert at TGI Fridays. We're keeping so ourselves within our budget. We yeah, we're sticking to the budget thing and having. Um, a nice little dessert together, which was nice because a week previous we'd taken the kids out and they totally swiped all our desserts. So it was nice just to be able to share it, just the two of us. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Yeah. It was a different date night for us because typically when we do a date night, we'll just go out to eat and then we'll go do something else. Maybe come home, watch a movie, mm-hmm. maybe go for a walk. So this one was sort of cool because we got to go to dinner. We did our dinner thing. We walked around the mall, did some shopping, didn't buy anything, but we just did some window shopping, window which shopping. was fun. And then... Ended up that evening at Chili's, which was Fridays, Fridays. Sorry, <laughs> just that Fridays and had that awesome brownie. Yeah, that was good. Brownie obsession, chocolate so, and ice cream. So it was just sort of fun. You know, we, we just we, we try to change it up too. Mm-hmm. you know, we don't try to do the same thing, although, you know, we do get in our ruts. Well, there are times when we'll just sort of do the same thing over and over. So I'm glad uh, this time Elisa sort of took the lead on this and made some arrangements to do some different stuff so it was really fun so that was the highlight of our week we hope that you guys have had a great week and now we're going to dive into sex sex, quantity versus quality this is a big question um, that's come up for us on a number of different occasions 
um, ever since we started talking about our 60 days back there in the fall of 2008, uh, inevitably it comes up. Well, you know, so you had sex 40 out of 60 nights. I mean, did it, you know, was it just, you know, crossing it off your to-do list? Was it just another thing that you had to do every day? Or, you know, was there really some some meaning, some st- sustenance to it? And we want to talk about both sides of that equation. Um, right. Because I think, you know, we were, we were talking about it this week as we were, you know, prepping for this podcast. And it comes up. Um, can you have quality with quantity or quality without quantity? Right. You know, and so, hold on just a second. Tony needs his chapstick. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't reach for the chapstick and talk at the same time. Ah, better. There you go. Okay, now he can talk with us. Um, Prior to our 60 days, I would say that, you know, we probably averaged once a week. Right. And we did an interview with Dr. Corey Allen from simplemarriage.net last week. And we found out that that is the average Mm -hmm. of married couples once a week. So we were definitely average and we would have times where the quality was pretty spectacular, but I would say on the whole, it was average. Average. Yeah. I I don't think it was I mean, every once in a while, sure. We we may have a burst in there every fifth time, every sixth time, maybe. But I, I think the majority of the time we were, I, I shouldn't say, I think I know the majority of the time that we were having sex or making love, it was just more of obligation to each other. So we're like, yeah, we're married. We're we, married. We should probably do this. I should probably, you know, after four or five nights of saying no, I should probably say yes. Right. And so there wasn't a lot of... That's not to say there wasn't quality there. There just wasn't as much quality as we have subsequently found. Right. And uh, I, I hope you, everybody's tracking here with us and we're just not these, the only folks that feel this way. I, I would gather, at least just from the women that I talk to out and about when the story comes up, that there are a lot of women, and I can only speak for the women that I have spoken to, um, who are not necessarily having spectacular sex. Okay. You know? And maybe not as often as they'd like. Maybe it should be a question we ask more and more to people. Maybe we should do something like that. Find out what? I don't know. Just ask the question. Quality versus quantity. Something to the extent of what's the quality of your sex life? How many times do you do it? Are you getting enough? Are you getting enough? Are you getting, yeah. are you getting it good enough? Well, I think that's a bigger question that we all strive for, or what we all long for is getting the quality. Right. But it's sort of a chicken and egg scenario because this with quality or with quantity, you learn the innuendos, the in and outs of your spouse. So the quality gets better. Agreed. That's that's what happened for us. Um, When we embarked on that 60 days, it became one of those situations where when you're attempting to be intimate, day in and day out, you can't just fall into the same patterns. I mean, that's that's a recipe for boredom and for literally just going through the motions because you are trying to check it off. And we right. we didn't want to be stuck like that. I didn't want to be stuck like that for two months. I won't speak for Tony, but if it was going to be the same thing for two months, well, you know, been there, done that. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, why are we going to do it again? Why are we going to do this again? And so 
we really had to communicate on what we enjoyed, what was pleasurable to us, what we would like each other to do. Right. It wasn't just a matter of, hey, it's eight o'clock. Let's uh, let's go roll in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and something we brought up in our marriage many years ago was a great book called The Joy of Sex mm-hmm. that we both. And you know what? I, I remember during the 60 days, we pulled that book back out a couple of times to look through it. And, okay. you know, that was very helpful just to look and be comfortable with each other mm-hmm. in the bedroom and to start talking about different positions or different ideas that led to not just quantity, but quality. I would say over the course of those 60 days, a lot of what we are doing was quantity. Absolutely. I mean, there, I mean, obviously we did 40 times in 60 days. How can you not say we did quantity? But in those 40 days, the coolest part of it, it because it was so compact. So if you figure the average couple is doing it 50 times in a year, I mean, we did that in almost two months. And so being so compact and so close together, we really learned a lot. I mean, we really just sort of exploded the timeline there for us. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it was, you know, we can look back at our sex life from that point. And while we're not having sex on the same frequency by choice, um, because to be able to keep that up, what are we almost, you know, a year and a half later, had we been keeping up that schedule, I'd probably be dead by now. Oh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. There's no way. physically that, that there's becomes no a, an impossibility with yeah. life and everything else. But the quality, because we had the quantity, I think our quality is out of this world now, but it took now. us time. Oh I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about, think back. I mean, we did 60 days. We took a month off. Nothing for one month. (laughs) So that was pretty much November. So everybody caught back up to us. And then come December, we started getting back into it. And Mm -hmm. again, it's, we are, we are sitting there going, okay, what do we do now? We did the 60 days. What, what are we learning? And I don't know if I was cognizant of just going, huh, you know what? This is just awesome. And we're going to just, it's just going to explode. I think it still took time from that point in December to where we are today, we continue to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. We continue to explore new ideas. We we come to the bedroom with an open mind. Right. You know, so that way we are both having a pleasurable experience. Well, and we really only have one ground rule in our bedroom. And I really think that is, you know, and it's something we've discussed. It's we never do anything that makes the other person feel uncomfortable. Right. That is, you know, we're both open to trying new things. Uh, but when it crosses the line for either one of us, it is okay to say, you know what? This is not good for me. And that's happened in a couple of different instances where it was okay a week ago. Mm-hmm. But now because of the circumstances where I am or where you might be, it just doesn't feel right. Right. It's not, it's not needed. And so... I don't, it, when, I, when I'm leading, say, and I'm initiating and I'm in a position or want to get into a position that you you feel uncomfortable with, I don't take that to heart now, though. Right. You, I, you think, know what I'm I think, I think, you know, go, previously oh it would have been much more offensive to you or you would have taken more of an affront to it 
it, me saying, I don't want to do that. You know, I've been like, well, you know, it was okay a week ago. What's wrong, you know, what's wrong right. with you? And now it's like, okay, you know right. what? We'll just do something else. And that's, that's where the whole communication piece. I mean, you guys hear us talk about this all the time. Everybody talks about communication, but the way that you become closer and more intimate with someone the way that you have that quality in your bedroom is you have to be able to communicate your desires. Right. You have to be able to communicate what feels good to you. You know, we talked about this when we talked about the breakup, um, that movie with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. You can't read your spouse's mind and you can't expect your spouse to read your mind. Right. You know, as much as I would love for Tony to be a mind reader so I wouldn't have to spell things out sometimes, the reality is is that he's not. And, you know, I just have to say, okay, (laughs) this is what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you to do this. And, I mean, it transfers over outside the bedroom too, you know. But in the bedroom, I like that. And women. you You tell me what you want me to do. It helps me out a heck of a lot in the bedroom because I, I begin to understand Mm-hmm. And that's part of the 60 days. In those 60 days, I really got to learn after 11 years of marriage, well, I really got to learn, okay, this is what Elisa likes. This is the positions. These are the the foreplay that leads up to sex that you like. Mm-hmm. And man, as, as a husband, that's that takes a lot of pressure off. Sure. And if I can, you know, if I continue to communicate, then we both have a much better and more pleasurable experience. Yeah. So, you know, I can only speak as the woman in our marriage, you know. Well, I hope so. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, what I, but my point with prefacing that was to say, you know, in some marriages, you know, there are role reversals. Okay. There are, you know, I'm not trying to stereotype for all women. I can really only speak to, what our situation is like in our marriage, you might, you know, have a flip flop in terms of who initiates more or, mm-hmm. um, you know, who communicates better. It, it's or not better, but more, um, and different and different. And so, you know, when mm-hmm. you hear us talk, we're not trying to, you know, sometimes I will make comments about women, but that's because, you know, my circle of friends, obviously all women. And so that I can speak to what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are women who have written in saying, well, that's not how it is in my marriage. You know, in my marriage, my husband, Da, 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 da. take the parts of our conversations that pertain and if you have to flip-flop them flip-flop them flip-flop them but um i i can't stress home how much communicating with your spouse about what you enjoy whether it's you know nonverbal communication you put your arm you know you put your hand on his hand where you want it to be or you say you know what honey that feels really good or you just say, you know what, even after you say, you know what, that was really spectacular. Because I know in my marriage, when I give Tony that feedback, it goes a really, really long way to one, putting a smile on his face and two, ensuring that in the future, he's going to know what pleases me. Right. And and that's where the quality piece comes in. Because while we don't have sex nearly as much as we did in that 60 days. Um, The quality now when we do our twice a week is outstanding. I think, I mean, Uh, Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I, we, I made comment of it this last week. I think it was where I was just like, wow, every time we make love, 
it is just really awesome. I mean, there is such a connection that has come from all the crap that we've had to where we are today. Well, I think that, oh, go ahead. No, and I, and I was just going to say that it, it's just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, could that change tomorrow? Could it change in a month? Could it change in six months or a year? Sure thing. Life happens. Things change. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, I guess it, it, when things do change, it just comes back to being able to talk to you about it and letting you know what's happening. But right now, I mean, my gosh, I think we're having the best sex of our lives, even better than when we were honeymooners. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. Mean, I mean, really, it's like, wow. Okay, I have to I have to laugh here because when we were honeymooners, um, quick little backstory on Tony and Elisa, we went to Cabo San Lucas on our honeymoon and we went snorkeling on like, I don't know, our second day there. And the boat that we were on was leaking diesel fuel. So we were swimming in the diesel, snorkeling in diesel. So the sex that we're having now has to be better than because I had so much diesel fuel in my hair that I couldn't get out that we didn't even like sleep next to each other. So, well, I mean that honeymoon stage, I mean, I'm not talking about just our honeymoon. Okay. But I I just, I just think that's kind of a funny story that you you bring that up and I'm thinking we didn't even sleep together because we didn't because you stunk. I I came home and got my hair cut off. Yeah. Gosh, that was horrendous. But what I'm saying is overall, we're having the best sex of our lives. We're in our mid thirties and it's, it's totally amazing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I talk to guys about it, they look at me sort of weird as well. And it's, it's hard to explain and hard to, um, man, it's, it's just hard to help folks get there at times. And, it, and it's, I, I want, guys husbands and wives to get there it's just how do they get there which is a challenge um very much so because you can have situations where you know spouses are in different places there are other circumstances going on in their marriage um you know we actually received an email right before we went on um, to record this podcast tonight. I just want to share a little bit about, we're not going to go into detail on this tonight, but it kind of pertains to what Tony just said. And um, it will be addressed in a future podcast. But the writer says, while I recognize and commend your hard work and success, this is the part that I find hard to relate or listen to at times. There's a huge difference between a couple that's off track, but sharing a common desire to improve their marriage and one that's off track but has only one spouse that wants to engage. What to do in that situation? A situation where one partner wants to improve the marriage, refocus the right set of priorities, undergo personal change, etc., but has an unwilling and distant spouse. And so, you know, what Tony and I are talking about tonight is when both spouses are on that same page. Right. You know, when when you're talking quantity versus quality, you have to, you're already on the same page. Right. At that point. And I, and I would assume the quantity is there. Even if you're having sex once a week, you're the average couple. Married couple. Mm-hmm. You're the average couple. You're having sex once a week. Is it just quantity or are you having quality? And if you're not having quality, then what are you going to do to change that situation? Right. 
because it's totally changeable. I mean, we're living proof that you can go from just being two bodies in the same bed to a situation where because we we talk about our sex life a lot, we make dates with each other in the bedroom twice a week. We plan date night. We, you know, alternate who's taking the lead. Initiating, yeah. Initiating. You know, we have changed our sex life. I would never have guessed a year. It was a choice. It, oh, yeah, it was a different total choice. choice. Because a year and a half ago, um, I was not, I, I had no clue that this is where I would be today. I, I would have told you prior to starting that intimacy study that we'd be the once a week couple, couple. for the rest of our lives. I mean, I didn't yeah. see that changing. But since it has changed, since we made that commitment, and we are both on the same page as far as this goes, you know, it's amazing every time. And I think that's because we understand each other better. We aren't trying to force the situation on a night when it's not going to happen. So, you know, we're not having, we've eliminated the rejection factor from our bedroom, which I think in and of itself, by eliminating rejection from your bedroom, totally changes the atmosphere of your bedroom. Totally. Oh yeah, it totally allows it to be more relaxed more open and allows for a husband anyways. And I talked about this in podcast number two or three about being rejected. You know, when it happens time and time again, you sort of get worn out. So when that stops, it allows for a lot more freedom from my standpoint. But I'd say, what are the three things that we can tell our listeners to do if they want a more quality type of a sex life? What, what 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 advice can we give them? I would say number one, take the rejection out of your bedroom. Okay. Make make your bedroom a place where can we just call that the no rejection zone? No rejection, no rejection zone. The bedroom. Okay, that's number one. No rejection zone. Number two, communicate your desires. Yep. Communicate on both sides. That's not a one way street for the one that likes to talk or the one that doesn't like to talk. Right. You both need to share what works and what doesn't and what doesn't because you know there are times when it's just not good and you need to say that and it's happened for us and we're you know we've shared and you know sometimes we laugh about it sometimes (laughs) yeah sometimes it (laughs) sometimes it it sort of ruins the mood but you you got to understand we're going after quality not quantity so we we, we do get caught up in a situation and we do laugh and we just sort of, okay, let's move on. And it, quite honestly. I, and I, and oh. I would suggest picking up Joy of Sex, I think is a fantastic book. If you're a Christian or a non-Christian, I don't know of any Christian books that I can think of that deal solely on sexual positions. Um, obviously, man, if you want something that's hot and heavy, go to the word and ring the song, read the song of Solomon. I mean, there's three points in that story where it's hot and heavy in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Now they're not talking about positions, but it's good stuff. So I would say a, a good book, like the joy of sex, mm-hmm. something that you both feel comfortable with opens up dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And number three, um, you got me on the first two. Do you have a number three? Number three, enjoy it. Yeah. 
be open to your spouse. You know, there's, there's so much potential in your marriage that flows from that connection with the person that you have said before God and others, you know, I love you above all else. And so, you know, enjoy that person. Definitely. Take the time, you know, if you're not in a good place right now, start walking down memory lane because at one point in time, this person was your end all be all. Find those little nuggets and start, you know, rekindling that romance so that you can enjoy the person. If you're in a good place right now, take that same memory trip and, you know, who knows where those sparks will lead you when you start rekindling all those memories and you're like, oh yeah, remember when we used to do this or go here or, mm-hmm. you know, we used to do Taco Bell runs at midnight. Right. Um, oh, we should start doing those again. We have kids. It's hard. Yeah, that's true. Plus we're in our mid thirties and somehow Taco Bell doesn't midnight good doesn't. To you? No, not really. I'll probably have, <laughs> you know, I won't sleep so well. That doesn't sound good to you anymore. But so really, you know, again, the three things tonight, make your bedroom a no rejection zone communicate your desires with your spouse and enjoy each other. Yep. You know, those are, those are the three things that will take sex just being in quantity and transform it into sex being quality. And when it's quality, it won't matter how often you have it because the connection will be deep and it will be lasting and it will carry you through those times when maybe the quantity isn't there because you know that you've developed the quality, not just in your sexual life, but in your relationship to really just connect with this other person that you are committed to. Yep. I agree with you a hundred percent there, Lisa. Thank you very much for that. No problem. Everybody. This was wonderful tonight. We hope that we are able to uh, enlighten you, give you a little in-depth look at what we think about quality and quantity. And if you want to find out more about us, please visit www.oneextraordinarymarriage.com. If you'd like to leave feedback, please leave feedback. We love getting feedback from you guys. You can email us at either asktony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. As we're talking about feedback, be sure to tune in next week as we answer um, the question that a listener posed the one I read earlier, you know, what to do when there's only one spouse that wants to move forward. That's what we're going to be tackling next week um, on our podcast. So if you've got a question, um, whether you want to email us or call us, um, our number is 858-754-9937. And uh, we can play that on the air. And we just, we want to hear from you. Um, We'd love to have you chime in on this debate, quantity versus quality, or just tell us what's going on in your marriage. Um, I think there are a lot of people that have some pretty strong feelings on this and we'd love to hear what you have to say. So until next week. Thank you everybody and have a great week.